Welcome to Happy to Be Here, a mental health podcast normalizing who talks about mental health and how we talk about it. This week's conversation is personal for me. I've mentioned before that my mom died when I was 10 years old. The holidays since then have been different kinds of hard. I've learned a lot about how to be better at managing my own grief in the 20 years since, but I still think about that 10-year-old me a lot and how I can do better by her. A big part of my personal mission is to shift how we talk about grief so that no person, small or big, ever feels alone or other. Jesse Moss leads Social for Experience camps, a camp for grieving kids. We talk about how they're taking their mission online to meet kids where they are. While our conversation is geared towards their work with grieving kids, we talk about how adults can be better managing grief conversations with anyone of any age. We can all do better at being there for those we love who love someone that has died. I'm Vivian, this is Happy to Be Here, and here's my conversation with Jesse. In addition to starting off with an introduction, because I want everyone to know who you are, Jesse, and the organization you're here to represent too, is I was scrolling TikTok right before we jumped on, which I think is just like everyone's MO yeah, right now. Of course. But I happened upon someone who had been following for a while who recently lost their dad, and she's probably 20-something. Um, and she was just talking about how much flack she was getting from her some of her family members for posting online mm. immediately after her father passed away. And it just brought me back to a space where like even I was starting off on the internet and grieving publicly and like the fears that come attached to that and then putting it out there, but all in hopes that like someone else will say like me too. Um, and I think that's a really great place to start this conversation because what you all are doing at experience camps and what you're doing personally at experience camps is so public facing, right? And it, for the right reasons. And I think people forget that when you're grieving or when you're in the space that is the grief space, that is probably the, one of the most healing situations to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for saying that. I think Mm -hmm. at first when we, we're thinking about joining TikTok um, and just social media in general, but specifically mm-hmm. TikTok for how fast the platform's growing. And, you know, I, I just had this, this light bulb moment where I thought we can reach more people mm-hmm. and social media has its dark sides. And of course, right. you know, there are some scary spaces on social media, but the concept of grief being so isolating to moving into a space where millions and billions, I don't know how many users TikTok has, it's mm-hmm. probably billions of people in one platform can come together and share something that like your friend's family is, mm-hmm. you know, giving them flack, like the rest of the world doesn't want to hear or doesn't want you to talk about it because either it bums them out or it makes them mm-hmm. sad or they don't want to make you sad or whatever it is mm-hmm. that we can build this space of vulnerability and community. Uh, I think it's it's been really special to see and you know, we started in around February of mm-hmm. 2022. So we haven't even been on the platform a year. And just the growth we've experienced because people just come and they say, me too. Mm-hmm. Or they say, my dad died. I, we, I actually saw a comment yesterday from a 13-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And it said, this account makes me feel okay. I don't have anyone in my life mm-hmm. that talks to me about my grief. I feel so lonely. So sometimes I come and I just watch your videos. And like the power in that and the power of vulnerability, the power of vulnerability, mm-hmm. the power of sharing, 
and the power of being together with people who get it. I mean, that's the like core concept of experience camps <laughs> pulled back. Um, and I think TikTok has just proven a point that, like we need this more than ever. It makes such a difference, right? I think there's, like you said, there are the bad parts of social media and the hard parts of it. And that'll always be true. But I don't think I had found any places of connection for my own grief until I started too damn young and I started posting on Instagram. And, you know, the questions really for all the work that we're doing in this space are so simple. It's literally like, do you want to tell me about the person you lost? Like we can boil everyone's ethos down to like, no, no, tell me about the grief. Tell me about the person you lost. Tell me about Mm -hmm. how you're experiencing that. And the revolution that comes around these spaces is really because no one else is asking. Yeah. Tell me more about what Experience Camps is doing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's an amazing point. And sometimes I even think you can boil it down to like, what was their name? Yeah. You know, even like the most simple questions can can really change mm-hmm. a person's life. Like when I hear someone say my mom or my brother's mm-hmm. name, I'm like, I just send something through me. Um but yeah, so Experience Camps, we started in 2009 uh, with 29 boys at a summer camp for one week. And our CEO started it and had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. And after that week, realized, you know, how to, can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like a holy shit moment. Like what have we just created? The power of bringing young people together to share in their grief, but also to like be kids again and have mm-hmm. fun and play and swim and have competitions and do all of the things that make kids kids. Because as we know, when somebody dies in your life, you grow up really fast. Mm-hmm. So we we created a space that nurtured the whole human, that nurtured kids, that nurtured their joy, that nurtured their mm-hmm. innocence, and that, you know, created space for them to talk about something that nobody else in their life wanted to talk about. And for many kids, they didn't have any other resources to talk about their grief or to be with other kids who were grieving. You know, a lot of kids will say like, yeah, I went to the guidance counselors and they handed me a pamphlet. Yeah. Like that's just not good enough. So we're, we're on a mission basically to move past the pamphlet and create spaces for kids um, to see them as, as whole people and make sure that they have a space that they can show up in um, and be vulnerable and talk mm-hmm. about the hard stuff and not be judged and be around people who get what they're going through. And maybe it's, they, they'll never get it 100% what another person's going through because we all have different experiences, right. but creating those spaces where kids can show up as themselves and talk about the hard stuff is, is paramount to us. So we just served uh, about a thousand kids this past summer across 10 programs. Um, and I think COVID, while horrible, and there's all these statistics about, you know, all these kids were losing family members and just made grief worse for us as a nation. And um, a world and for kids in general, um, you know, for us, there was some uh, thought around meeting kids where they are, especially during COVID, mm-hmm. um, which is online, which is on TikTok, which is on Roblox, which is on Minecraft, which is our, on on all these digital platforms where they're sitting all day, every day um, and playing or watching or talking to other kids. Um, so while we still are, are really focused on our summer camp programs and we're actually opening our 11th program, um, 11th and 12th, I guess, uh, program this summer in Maryland, mm-hmm. um, we also are 
you know, we're piloting a space in Minecraft. We're doing a big event in Roblox. We're on TikTok. We're on all of these um, digital spaces where kids can come and connect. And like we said before, just say the person's name that died in their life if they want or stay in the space or light a candle or do any of these different actions that allow them to show up and be vulnerable and also have a lot of fun because they're kids and we want to bring that joy back into their lives. Um, So yeah, the move to digital has been really exciting. And just specifically for me um, running our TikTok, that's been, it's been really, really gratifying. I was 10 years old when my mom died and I remember being in the guidance counselor and essentially having that be the only space where teachers knew where to send me when I was crying in class. And then the guidance counselor not really understanding what to do with me. So just giving me a board game. Yeah. And there's like a core memory in my mind of being that kid and being really shy. I was in an, in a world where my family wasn't talking about grief. My community wasn't talking about grief because it's not talked about in the community. And so I didn't really have an outlet until I started on the internet when I was 21. And at that point it was because I had lost my grandmother that really pushed me into creating like too damn young. But then I I remember over the last decade um, running two different campaigns. One was hashtag tell me their name, right? It was like because of that poignancy of no one had ever asked me my mom's name. Yeah. And it's a fear you have as you get older and you're grieving being like, will I ever have the space to talk to someone else about what, who they were and to revisit the memories without it feeling uncomfortable with someone else. Um, You know, I want to talk about my mom the same way my friends want to talk about their moms when they're talking about them. And while my memories are cut short at a specific age, it doesn't mean I don't have them. Yeah. You know, having them exist beyond their death was really essential for me and my healing too. Um, and then the other one that I would do regularly during the holiday season is hashtag my holidays because I think that the holidays, I don't know who the holidays belongs to, but it's seriously <laughs> not anyone real yeah, because no. I don't know what the holidays are. Like it's the commercials, but the reality of what the holidays looks like for everyone, regardless of if they've lost someone or not, it's never a cookie cutter and it's mm-hmm. never perfect. And owning the my holidays, I thought gave a lot of ownership back to the person and like reestablishing what that needs to look like for them. And especially after grief. And I love that y'all are are really finding people within these digital spaces because I do think that it also makes it possible for kids. Like I probably would have never been able to go to a camp because that's just not a thing that my family had ever considered. They were really, um, the Latino culture is very stringent upon like sleepovers and stuff like that. So it would have been harder for me as a kid, but knowing that there are places where you're meeting them digitally online is so cool. Yeah. Well, my first question has to be, what was your mom's name? Oh, thank you. Um, My mom's name was Delia, Delia Delgado, but it was actually, we knew her as her middle name, which Mm -hmm. her middle name was Dolores and it was cut down to Loli. So it was Mm -hmm. mommy Loli. Um, and I have to ask now, what is your mom and your brother's name? My mom's name's Meryl and my brother's name is Jordan. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, the holidays, that's um, that's a really tough one. I think <laughs> that, you know, we, we actually had this campaign last year that we ran um, called Offer Opt Out. Um, because of the slew of marketing emails, specifically around Mother's Day yeah. and Father's Day. Um, 
you know, I, I remember so specifically last year was my first Mother's Day without my mom. And I got an email and it was like, what would your mom love this Mother's Day? And all I thought to myself was like, to be alive, I, I know, so right? I don't know, to like, you know, hang out with me one more time. And yeah. yeah, it was just really, really like heartbreaking to receive that specific, it was so pointed, like, tell your mom this specific thing. And I was Or like, every oh, time it's like, send your mom this email, forward this, gift this, or here's the thing. Yep. And I'm like, I don't think they receive that up there. <laughs> no, no, not that kind of mail there. Yeah. And I think like the holidays are specific, are, are mm-hmm. not as specific, like, hey, send this to your mom. But like, you know, we have traditions that we did and for Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, there's other people who had these Christmas traditions or Kwanzaa traditions. And it's, it's just like it can feel like a knife to the chest and the world doesn't talk about it enough mm-hmm. that like for grieving people, the holidays can be brutal. And so we do our best at experience camps to send out all types of resources to connect with our kids. You know, in the past, mm-hmm. we've sent them little like holiday care packages and things just to let them know that like no matter what the holidays look like for you this year, like we're not forgetting your grief. We're not forgetting mm-hmm. that somebody's missing or two people or three people are missing at your table. Or maybe you're you're not doing holidays this year because it's mm-hmm. just too damn hard. And I think, you know, my biggest like takeaway in life these days is like seeing people as their whole selves and letting them experience yes. the range of emotions that come with grief, that come with everything, every single aspect in life. Like we can't just like stay laser focused on one aspect of somebody, which is like, oh, this is the holidays. And so you must be joyful and you must be having this, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think, unfortunately, social media has made that so much harder too, because yeah. you see people with full intact families and you're like, God, damn it. Like that was me two decades ago. Like I kind of missed that, you know, and then you go down the rabbit hole. It's like national siblings day. For some reason, I feel like it's national siblings day every week. It's always (laughs) national siblings day. Like why? And then you see all these people with their siblings, you know, it's just, yeah. Social media has its good and bad parts when it comes to grief. And I think that's, that's why I've been so happy with with our accounts because mm-hmm. it sort of counteracts that, right? Like, hundred percent. I'm going to record a video today or tomorrow talking about how everyone's going to be talking about gratitude this year, this mm-hmm. week, and like, for some, you might not feel so grateful. You might feel the exact opposite, and that's okay. And and really validating those feelings. And I think at the end of the day, people just want to know that their feelings are valid. And if I can do that for even one person, and I know our TikTok numbers, and it's not just one mm-hmm. person, like that feels really good. And you said it earlier too, right? It's about nurturing. And you guys said you nurture the child, the play, the like the components of childhood that feel lessened after a loss. Yeah. But you nurture the grief, right? And I think that we forget that that has to be nurtured. That it, it comes into your life at whatever age or stage it does. Um, and it needs to go through the process of you understanding how to feed it what it wants so that it doesn't always steal from you, right? And a lot of times, like, I, my biggest quote-unquote hack that I've learned over the years is I schedule it, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it always comes on schedule, right? It doesn't show up every Thursday that I put it on the calendar. (laughs) But I think that for me, mentally, it's been really helpful to put it on the calendar on, like, a weekend like this and be like, this is the one hour that I'm going to dedicate to I don't know, journaling about it or mm. thinking about it or doing something that feels actively participating in that grief yeah. so that I mentally know that when I am feeling an overwhelm of emotions at a different part where I just want to be able to enjoy the adult part of me, right, or the traditions yeah. I'm living through, 
that there is space for both of that to interact. And I think that what y'all are doing on social and what you're doing overall with experience camps is so thought out to nurture every single aspect of a person of, and of a little kid, which I remember being 10 and I remember being 15. And I remember going through my childhood knowing that like no one else was nurturing any other parts of me. They were just throwing presents and gifts my way thinking that right. would make it better. Right. But in reality, like it's a balance of all that that's necessary. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I think it's amazing the scheduling aspect of mm-hmm. it. It's, it's really smart. And I think especially during like happy moments yeah. to be able to honor and, you know, give that space is so beautiful. Um, and also I, at experience camps, we're really invested in educating the people around the grievers yes, because I was gonna ask. yeah, it's, you know, obviously like people like you and me, we're, we're, we're really good at acknowledging yeah. the grief and, and we, we've got that. But then when you think of like a little kid or you at 10 or, mm-hmm. or anyone in, in there at any age, really, but specifically with kids, they need that support. Like mm-hmm. th- their brain is not developed enough to say, oh, I'll schedule my grief. You know, yeah. because as adults, we're really good at it because we understand and you and I both work in grief and mm-hmm. um, we've, you know, we've seen <laughs> a, a million different things and, um, you know, taken courses and read books mm-hmm. and we're educated and. I think for experience camps, one of our biggest goals is also creating a grief smart culture of educating people around the griever to be able to say, like, here's how you show up for a kid. Here's how, you know, we write blog posts and we Mm -hmm. email directly to caregivers and we, you know, make TikToks about it and, and really making sure that our world becomes better suited for talking about grief, death, and dying because 100% of us are going to go through it. So why aren't we talking about it more? Why are we shying away from it? Some of our kids get tell us they get bullied in school for, you know, crying or yeah. not having a parent. You know, I had a camper who said, yeah, they bully me because uh, I'm not the best in school and, and in with my grades. And they say, oh, mm-hmm. it's because your mom died and you have no one to teach you. Like horrific, horrific stuff. And it's how do we educate people? And maybe it's people who have no experience with grief that need it the most, mm-hmm. right? Because one day you're going to go through it. So we're really, really focused on, on educating people, whether it's through TikTok or blog mm-hmm. posts or, you know, going, you know, into workplaces and educating people about grief. We do this, um, grief town hall workshop Mm -hmm. for um, corporations now. So we go in and it's for adults, but we know those adults have kids and they have nephews and and family members and cousin everything. So we go in and we do an hour presentation on grief and the amount of people who are, who will say things like, I didn't know any of this Mm -hmm. is mind boggling to me. It's always been mind boggling to me that that's such a good word too. that. Like, like you said, we all go through it. And I know we have the tendency as humans to just kind of put our head in the sand because we don't want to think about the people who we would lose to be a part of of this grief army and like what qualifies us. But it's like we do all go through it. Or we all know someone, even if we don't think we do. What are some of those Mm -hmm. tips that you all give for the adults or the people around a child specifically who is dealing with some kind of loss? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, I could go on for a, for a whole <laughs> podcast episode about it. But I think, like, the number one thing is to just not ignore it and make space for it. You might not say the right thing. You might trip over your words. You might not even know what to say at all. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just sit there in silence and you say, hey, I know this, this is a 
this is something that you're going through and I want to be there for you. Maybe I don't know what to say and maybe I don't have the right words. I, I, can't, I know I'm not going to fix it. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people try to fix it. There's no fixing it. People don't want to say the wrong things. They don't want to make you more sad. It's like, I'm already sad. Like it's yeah. happened to me. You're not going to make me more sad by bringing it up. If anything, mm-hmm. maybe you'll provide a little levity if you bring it up or if you get, I get to say my mm-hmm. person's name. So I think it's about sitting down, making space for it, acknowledging it, not ignoring it. I think like empathy versus sympathy is huge. Yes. Um, we always like refer back to this uh, cute little Brene Brown um, animated video about empathy versus sympathy. We, we mm-hmm. watch it all the time and it's just, you know, sympathy is really like, oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and empathy is like crawling down into the cave with the person and saying like, I'm here. Yes. And that's all it takes is I'm here. And like not sugarcoating anything, using the words. Like we always encourage people to say like, you know, obviously like passed away is Mm -hmm. in our society and and a lot of people use it, but, you know, trying to use the words of what actually happened, they died. And like not sugarcoating anything for kids and obviously at different ages and different stages. And, um, you know, our our chief clinical officer, Bree, could (laughs) tell you all about (laughs) it. Um, From my perspective, it's just, you know, I think kids deserve to have the space to speak about their grief. And when it gets sugarcoated or they get lied to, they they miss out on those opportunities to speak up or to even hold That's space for it. So I think it's it's making space, letting them say their person's name, letting them tell you stories about the person that died in their life. That's huge. I would love to tell stories about my mom all day long. I have a million. My mom was like a notoriously funny texter. And once in a while, like I'll have a friend um, text me and say, send me a text from your mom because I have all the screenshots because I I never want to lose them. Uh, My mom said the funniest things. Like she once called Miley Cyrus Smiley Circus and I have no idea. And that's just like a running joke. And, you know, people will say to me, send me a funny text from your mom today. And I love that. Like, I love being able to share those things. So really say, make sure you say their name, make sure you ask for stories and make sure you're just making space generally and not ignoring it because too many people in this world are ignoring grief, ignoring other people's grief, ignoring their own grief, because that's what they've been taught. That, you know, my brother died in 2012 and I genuinely did not do anything for about six years until I found experience camps because I had, I knew one person maybe who had lost somebody and nobody was really asking me about it. You know, after the the funeral was over and the shiva was over, it was like, all right, back to normal. I went back to work like three days later. I was just like, okay, that was that, that happened and I'll return to normal. And nobody asked me about it and nobody made space for it. And I didn't make space for it for myself because I didn't want to be a burden to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I just went on. Like if you looked at me like a week or two after my brother died, you would not know my brother had just died because I didn't know what else to do because I thought the only other option was to fall apart. And that wasn't an option. And that's such a common expectation, right? That if we talk about big feelings, especially to little people, that they will be so big that they will eclipse the little person, right? That it will be too much for that little person to handle. But the thing is that that weight is already on their shoulders. Exactly. They're having to navigate it no matter what. And the only thing that you talking about it at any stage to any age is that you then end up being able to share it with someone else. And it feels like less of a burden and more like a reality, right? And, and, And that shift in tone makes a difference to being able to talk. I mean, I'm the same way. Like I wish... 
I wish I wouldn't have taken me starting something on the internet for me to meet other people who had been yeah, grieving. Of course. And the fact that it did is what revolutionized my desire to make this so such a big part of my mission. And I'm thankful for that, but at what cost, right? Like when you think about little me or little anyone and what that needed to look like, um, I think it can be really important to just listen too. I, that's one of my favorite parts about what y'all are doing on social too is I'm listening to little kids, right? Like I just asked you what advice you would guys would give to parents who are around these children. But what advice would children give to parents or mm. to adults who are around these children? And I feel like you guys have had so many of those videos that really say like, this is what I need from you or this is yes. what I want from you. Yeah. So one of the biggest questions we asked all our kids this past summer is what do you wish adults knew about grief or what do you wish adults knew about your grief specifically? And it's funny, we had like a list of 10 questions and that was mm -hmm. the number one question that kids wanted to answer because they don't feel as seen as they should. Mm -hmm. And they feel like adults don't understand them. And it's funny because well, adults were kids at one point, but yeah. not all adults experienced grief and, and hardship when they were younger. But you know, a lot of kids talk about things and you can see this all on our TikTok. Like you mentioned, mm -hmm. we have, uh, you know, I don't know how many videos at this point of kids answering this specific question. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of similar to the advice I gave for, for parents is they want to be seen. They want to talk about their grief. They want adults to know that there's a range of emotions that one day they might act out and it might not be because they're a bad kid. And it probably isn't because they're a bad kid. It's probably because they're a little person grieving. Mm -hmm. That they, like you said, they have big emotions and they're a little person and there's no other place for it to go except out. Yeah. And that can come out in anger. That can come out in rage. That can come mm -hmm. out in like, you know, wanting to sit in their room and play video games. And parents can interpret that in a million different ways. Um, and so I think, yeah, that range of emotions and being able to notice things and understand when that might be grief rearing its mm -hmm. head in, in a million different ways. And I think as adults, we do that too. Oh my you know, gosh, I do that like out. really. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I like run, I try and run marathons. It's mm -hmm. like, because I'm like, I need a place for my grief to come out in a little bit of intensity. Yeah. <laughs> so like our kids are the same way with like when we let them, you know, play at camp, we sometimes like kids get intense and it's not because they're bad kids or because they're acting mm -hmm. out or they're needy. It's their grief is showing up in a million different ways. And I think it's on adults and we're, we're on a mission to educate the adults about things like that. And mm -hmm. um, it's on adults to take a look at those kids and really reflect on, on, on how their grief is showing up. And even if it's uncomfortable and it will be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had David Kessler on the podcast, who is a renowned grief yeah, expert. He's amazing. And he's so amazing. And one of the things he says often, too, is that emotions need motion. Mm. And I think that motion can look like a lot of different things. It's running for you. It's <laughs> so many of my coping mechanisms for me. Yeah. For a little kid, it's anger. It's trying to hit something. It's yeah. like trying to figure out where am I supposed to place this if yeah. I don't want it inside of me to be eating me in the way it is. And yeah. I think having that compassion for a child is yes. so essential through that grieving process. And understanding, like you said, they have to be the adults in their relationship where they have to be the ones to bring it up without the expectation that the child yeah. will bring it up. Because... I don't know about you, but I know that over the last 20 years of my mom having passed, I 
have realized that so much of grief is learning an entirely new language. It's like I have my own grief dictionary, um, my own little things that make sense to me in my grief. Like for for you, I love the fact that your friends ask you to send screenshots of the text. Like I feel like that's such a like embedded grief dictionary thing. Yes. And a kid is just learning regular dictionary. Right. Let alone, right. They're right. also starting to learn a grief yes. dictionary. So that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot on a small child. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot. And I think that's the power of experience camps is we allow them to start building their grief dictionary, whether it's through just sitting down and saying the words, my person died, Mm -hmm. because for so many of our kids, they've never said that out loud. And so to come to a space with other grieving kids who are your age and who have been through similar experiences and to say five words can be so powerful for some. We have, you know, we do um, different like art or expressive based activities at camp where we, you know, do slam poetry or, you know, one of my favorite um, grief activities we did a couple of years ago is we had these sort of like a theatrical masks, if you know what I'm uh-huh. talking about. And on the outside, we had they were white. And we on the outside, we had um, kids draw what they show to the world in their emotions, what they show oh to the my world. Gosh, and some kids are that. straight up drawing a smiley face or writing like happy. You know, uh-huh. there was a range, but like you saw a lot of masks that on the outside was a lot of positive emotions. And then we also had them draw on the inside of the mask, which is the parts that people don't see. Uh-huh. And one that really stood out to me is I saw a kid who just drew on the inside of his mask, just colored it in black. Oh, my god! And he talked about how he just felt emptiness and he felt darkness and nothingness. But on the outside of his mask, it was like smiley face, happy, like uh-huh. soccer player, things like that. And it's like, what are we allowing these kids to show to the world? And what are they keeping inside? And I think... Like David Kessler says, once we're able to put it in motion and allow them to speak it and allow them to dance it out and allow them mm-hmm. to play and, um, you know, really have those experiences that get those things moving, we can actually start to shift the, shift the landscape of grief for them and show them that they can talk about it and they can share it with others and they can, you know, just exist in a world where they're a grieving kid. And it's not, they're not you know, looked down upon or they're not thought of like other. We had a posted a TikTok recently of a kid talking about what it's like to be grieving in, in school. And he explained it as if he had a shadow on him at all times. And the other kids just saw him as other always, that he was the only kid in his class who experienced the death of a parent. I feel that. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think if we can really start to move the narrative, not only for these kids to be able to talk about their grief, which is the first step um, mm-hmm. and exist in a space where others can nurture that grief and see them as a whole person and they're grieving, but they're also a million other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially kids who have little access to other resources, like we mm-hmm. need to make sure our world is armed and ready to hold these kids. And we're just not there yet. Wow, you just blew my mind with that mask thing. Like, yeah. I want to do that as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's kind of amazing. It's yeah. really amazing. And just opening up that labeling, right? Like saying like, this is what I'm actually feeling. You know, even recently for me in therapy, I was like, wow, I just feel like I've unlocked the ability to, for my face to express what I'm actually feeling. And I didn't realize it was something that was locked up for a very long time. Yeah. Right, because I could be feeling even 
not just sad things, but like I could be feeling joy, but it'd be hard for that expression to come through. And I think so much of that is because we get bottlenecked when we're grieving and we don't have a place to put it. So we just stuff it all down. And having a space like this, like you said too, that's accessible to kids of all walks of life is so essential. It's why I really like the virtual aspects, right? Why like I had reached out a few weeks ago being like, I just love what you guys are doing on TikTok because it is when I think about me as a child and the environment I grew up in, the resources that we struggle to make meet, I know that there are certain things that just would have been harder for me as or for my family in general. Um, and grief work, as I've learned over the last decade, is really centered on like, how can I meet you where you are instead of yes. making you come to where I am? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I don't know if I said this before, but mm-hmm. our camps are totally free yes. for kids to attend. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're already dealing with grief. Your family's already grieving. We don't want to add another burden of a financial commitment. We'll, we'll never, ever, ever, ever ask a family to pay for camp. So our camps are totally free. And then all of our online resources are totally free. So this really breaks down the barrier and anyone can come. Anyone can come. And we know that camp is not going to be for everyone. Like you said, there's different communities that just like are either not trusting of camp or just Mm -hmm. it's not their thing or they're already, you know, they're a single parent and they don't want to let go of their kid for a week. It's totally understandable. Um, So we're creating these spaces that allow, you know, we serve a thousand kids, but we know there's 5.6 million kids that are going to experience the death of a parent or sibling by the time they're 18. So how do we create programming and how do we create community and spaces that reach those 5.6 million mm-hmm. kids because a thousand's amazing and we celebrate all the time and we're <laughs> growing and this year it's going to be 1200 and we're going to up and up and up. But 5.6 million is a really big number. Um, mm-hmm. and we're really on a mission to to get there and, you know, TikTok and Minecraft and uh, creating spaces on YouTube and and, Mm -hmm. in other digital places um, is really important to us because of those millions um, that that we really want to reach. You are doing an amazing job. I want to hear more as we start wrapping up the conversation about those digital spaces, specifically, like you mentioned, Minecraft, Roblox, like for someone who's listening, who has a kid in their life who's grieving, and who knows for a fact that those kids are on these spaces, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of different ways that we serve kids. Um, Obviously camp, which I've Mm -hmm. talked a bit about. So that's our free one-week camps where kids come and it's a mix of, you know, summer camp and uh, swimming and sports and theater and arts and crafts. And, um, you know, we bring clinical um, staff, which are people who are therapists and social workers in their life to work with the kids once a day on um, a group activity like the mask I mentioned. Um, So that's one avenue. And then our digital spaces, we've got a few. And I'll also say they're super, super new. Um, We're in our pilot phase of Minecraft, which is um, we did our first one this past summer. So it's a Minecraft server uh, and kids are on Minecraft all day anyway. and so it's a space for grieving kids specifically on Minecraft. So they come and they're building worlds and they're they're having fun and they're doing game things, but they're also showing up with their avatars and saying like, I lost my mom, anyone else? And it's not just the Experience Camps community, we're bringing in other kids. We're partnering with other organizations to help kids come in. And it's ex- extremely monitor server, which means we have volunteers and other folks who are coming in being camp counselors and watching how the kids interact and making sure nothing really goes astray and and helping the kids kind of have those conversations. And sometimes they don't have those conversations, but you know, like I feel like I've been saying a lot, but just being in the space with other grieving humans 
can sometimes be enough. I was going to say, like, I don't have to raise my hand and say that I'm grieving. But knowing that someone else gets it, it just lets me even be more of a kid in those spaces or more of a person. Like Exactly. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we see that at camp, too. We have we have kids who don't talk about their grief while at camp. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the most like miraculous stories are about kids who don't talk until the last campfire Mm -hmm. and they stand up in front of the whole camp and they share their story. And just watching that transformation is amazing. But if they don't, it's okay. Being around grieving people in an environment that we've created and Mm -hmm. worked with licensed professionals and clinical staff to, to create and hold kids in whatever they want to show up in or as mm-hmm. can sometimes be enough. Um, so yeah, that, that's Minecraft. And, and we're doing another round of that this year and, and trying to grow it and bring in, um, I believe about a hundred more kids. Um, the Roblox experience, we're in the middle of building it. Um, but it's going to be actually more of a grief education space. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Roblox, it's harder to monitor who comes in. Um, and so what we're going to be doing with Roblox is actually what I was talking about before with trying to create a, grief, a more grief smart culture. So we're going to bring people in and it's going to be like camp. It's going to be super gamey. There's going to be scavenger hunts. And also there's going to be a lot of information about how to support a grieving person. And so really meeting people where they are, especially these kids. So these could be kids who've never experienced grief, but maybe they have one kid in their class who has, maybe they know a grieving kid or maybe they don't, but we're going to, we're going to teach them a bit through gaming and and camp-like activities, how to show up for other kids. That empathy versus sympathy thing, right? Just understanding how to be a friend to someone in a situation that you maybe have never gone through is so important. And As someone who has been the kid on the receiving end, I can tell you I have core memories of times where I realized as a kid, like, the only reason you were talking to me is because you feel bad for me because my mom just died. Like, you had never talked to me in the fifth grade before that. 100%. I feel like I experienced that (laughs) after my brother and my mom died. I'm like, Uh but where have you been for the last 10 years? And, you know, I think especially with the, like, grief education part, we ran a campaign, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, um, called Go Beyond I'm Sorry, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, Oh, I love that. response of, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, There's always a follow-up, let me know if I can do anything for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, sure, Joe from high school, (laughs) I haven't seen him 15 years. Can you go get me a sandwich? I'm hungry. (laughs) Like, I'm never going to say anything to that. But really giving people the tools to to show up in an authentic way more than Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for your loss, which for some people that works and that's fine. But it's pretty basic and base level and pretty void of, of... a strong emotion from my perspective and a lot of grieving kids and adults that we talk to. So, you know, being able to move more into a space of, you know, I heard this, I'm sending you lots of love. I'd love to hear a story about your mom or I'm going to the grocery store today and I'm going to pick you up these items. Yes. And if I don't hear from you, I'm going to bring them to your house today at 6 p.m. But if I hear from you, like we can talk. Mm -hmm. Really making actionable things and you know, if it is just like a quick text and you want to be done with it, just making sure it's it's filled with some some more substance. Substance filled grief talk. And that's <laughs> what we're all after in this world because yeah. it's too hollow and too narrow right now. And the more that we can make it feel like other people are a part of the conversation, the less other you feel, right? Like I I spent so much of my life feeling so other because yeah. of the way that I 
because of how the way the cards played out. And yeah. I think I've spent my whole life since realizing that trying to make other kids feel less other and myself yeah. feel less other in the process. Yeah. Um, and this podcast is a perfect example. Like, I'm so happy that we were able to jump on and have this conversation because I do think it'll help a lot of people who know a kid who's grieving or who know an adult who is grieving. Honestly, the tips translate over no matter what 100%. the age range is. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful that you've created spaces like Too Damn Young and um, this podcast to be able to have these conversations because we're not having them enough. And I'm glad that you're doing it for yourself, but you deserve to have the world show up for you too. Mm -hmm. And so I hope with these conversations and our TikTok and our programs and, and all the work that you're doing that we can move the, you know, the culture a little bit um, because this is something 100% of people are going to experience. So if we can start, you know, shifting the narrative now and, and you know, being there for each other in our, in our wholeness, mm -hmm. um, it's only going to benefit everybody, everybody, Literally. every single person <laughs> on the planet. Like this is important. This is important work mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be on grievers to, to do it all the time. I could not have said that better so we're gonna leave it right there <laughs> and jesse can you tell us where we can find experience camps all the social handles yeah of course um we're experience camps across the board mm -hmm. at experience camps you can find us on pretty much everything amazing thank you so much jesse for jumping on yeah thanks for having me this was really great I'll add all of Experience Camp's links to our show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, or share. Happy to be here with a friend if you can. I hope this conversation is useful, and if you're grieving, that you know that you're not alone. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.